In today's episode, I invited Natalia Kalinska, a YouTuber content marketer, to talk about growth strategies and content marketing mistakes and her journey from being a photographer to a YouTuber and a certified Canva expert. Today, Natalia has over 93,000 subscribers on YouTube. Her most popular videos got over hundreds of thousands of views. Honestly, I've been following Natalia for years and I'm super thankful for her to join the show because, you know, you never know what happens when you cold DM somebody on the internet. Let's get into the video. Hi, Annie. Uh, thank you so much for having me. First of all, it's such an honor to, you know, be able to join you on the podcast and to, you know, be a part of your journey as well. Super awesome. Um, I'm very great. I'm very excited to chat about the things that we're both passionate about. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. I think I would like to say that because of you, I also got into content marketing. Like when I started to follow your content, I had no idea what content marketing was. Mm -hmm. But then I, you know, I came across your YouTube channel, I hit subscribe. I'm like, okay, she's saving my life because <laughs> at the time I was a starting marketer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's not my marketing journey. But today I want to hear your journey. How did you start marketing? Like I follow your channel. It's very hands-on, like tips and very guide, like guided and educational but I would like to hear the real Natalie how did he is she how did she start yeah of course so part of the reason why I started this was actually because of this right because of the fact that I can kind of inspire someone else and give someone else the tools to do the same thing and learn and you know get on that journey because I know a lot of people just in their you know own little corners think about doing those things putting themselves out there and they don't have the courage or they don't have the tools or they think it's that huge huge thing that you need to learn and of course you do but all of it is kind of in the action and in the process of learning. So that's kind of generally been my mission, but also from my point of view, from my side of things, I've always been very much into marketing, very much into social media. And I wanted to become a YouTuber for a very, very long time, pretty much from the start of the platform. I think I just vibed with the way that, you know, creators were obviously it was a completely different time at the very beginning, but the fact that you could just express yourself creatively on the platform in so many different kind of avenues, it was, you know, I, I felt so drawn to it. And yet I let myself obviously be kind of stopped by the different doubts and the limiting beliefs. And I thought I wasn't ready. And here we are almost what 10 plus years later and I'm doing this thing and had I known that it would be like this obviously the fear kind of didn't go away I just needed to push through it um yeah I would have started much much earlier so this is one of the things I'm trying to inspire other other people to do to just start their journeys see how it goes and to not be afraid of you know of the failures that inevitably come with this so yeah that's generally kind of, again, the motivation. Um, yeah. But out of, um, I actually started as a photographer. <laughs> I was a photographer. I was very much into photography oh, in high okay. school. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was very much into portrait photography. So I always would like start blogs or create like different branding, like identity for my own uh, photography. And that actually started my journey with like design and with, social media and trying to kind of come up with this almost like a persona like a brand for uh, for my photography so I could market myself in a specific way so that was my my first kind of step into that world and then out of uni with my cousin and a group of our friends we started a social media 
agency, which was kind of a, a very interesting journey because wow. I wanted, okay. yeah, I wanted to join as a photographer and that was kind of the initial thought behind it. But as it goes with startups, with new companies, you always need kind of all hands on deck and things of that nature. So at the very beginning, I just started because I knew how to design. So I would start designing. I loved to write. So I would write captions. And so it goes from there. I just started diving deeper and deeper into the social media world, working with clients. And I've always been quite drawn to strategy during those meetings. Um, and then I decided to move to the UK. So I left the company. Um, I kind of completely started from scratch uh, in the UK. But after a time, I've kind of worked my way up. Um, I landed a kind of a sales and marketing position. And then the pandemic hit. And during the pandemic, everyone was, you know, starting their side hustles, their own small businesses. And then I thought, listen, I've got all this knowledge you know, the type of experience that I've got, how about I share it to the world? Hopefully, you know, there's going to be one or two or three people who learn something from it and, you know, are able to thrive in this very strange situation that we were all faced with. So yeah, that was my journey and not a nutshell, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, that was my journey. I love that because I think, you know, many creators starting with the mindset, like, you know what? If my content helps at least one or three people, that would be a good content. And yeah. today, like, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of people are watching you. And how does it feel like, you know, now that you reflect, like you used to have like one subscriber, now mm -hmm. you've got 10,000, I think, like 10,000. Yeah. Like, how, how does that feel? You know, it like, feels surreal. It feels surreal because I think I still am very much in in that space of like just working from my home and my laptop. So you don't really get to experience it as much, um, especially that I'm in the UK and the majority of my audience is in the US. So it's not like I can kind of go out to, I mean, I can obviously go out and network and go to different events, but since the majority of my audience are there, I kind of feel sort of isolated from it in a way. It's just like an internet thing. So I don't, I cannot imagine my whole audience kind of in one room and this is one of those things I sometimes try to envision in a way like if you google like an audience of you know a thousand ten thousand and now I'm nearly at 90k which to me is you know is insane still doesn't compute the fact that I you know I'm at that stage of of my content creation I never expected to have that many people watch me and watch my content and find it helpful, which is the most important thing for me. So yeah, it feels surreal. It, it still doesn't, doesn't feel real to me, but it's obviously an honor to be able to serve that community and to, 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 you know, be able to help that community. Hi, if you listen to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah.
how was the recent event with Canva? Like I follow you on social and I saw that there was an event going with the collaboration with Canva. How, how was that? Yeah. How did you feel like? That was so incredible, actually. And it's like this whole year, I would say, is like this year of surprises for me because I've been creating con Canva content pretty much since the beginning. I think a few months into my YouTube journey, I started sharing some tips and, and I've shared this big kind of Canva tutorial which then blew up and that was that contributed obviously to my growth on YouTube, which I'm very, very grateful for. But I always thought like, you know, they it's not like they watch me or are aware of me. There are so many other creators um, that share tips on Canva. So it's just I'm one of the many. And then um, back in March, actually, they invited me to go to Australia for Canva Create. So they flew me across the world to join them and to just experience this event. And it was wow, that's so cool. absolutely insane. And then to a few months later, be invited to be a Canva verified expert, which now I am, and then be invited to speak in um, in London during the Canva, create, during the Canva, one of the Canva events that they've put up. It's, you know, it's been absolutely incredible. And that was one of those moments where I was able to actually interact with my audience a little bit more. And it was absolutely incredible. Such a great experience. And the team at Canva is so cool as well. So amazing opportunity. And uh, any tips how people should attend these type of events? How did it feel like being the speaker and being the, you know, at, at least you were at the face of the brand at this point? Like. Mm -hmm. I guess they share with us how, how it felt like. Uh, it felt incredible just because, again, we were able to get to know the team a little bit better. Obviously, Canva is a big big kind of company, so you have different teams across the world. So to be able to interact with kind of that portion of, of Canva in the UK was really fun. And then obviously the layer of kind of interacting with other creators was super cool because I don't think Canva's really done an event like this before. So, you know, for all the people to come together and to, you know, share the experiences, it was really fun to also to approach it in a way that we all talk about Canva, but we all talk about it from such kind of different perspectives and we all have different niches. So that was quite an inspiring thing to see that, you know, you can have one tool, but every other person will have a different perspective on it. That was super cool. And then obviously interacting with the audience. It's so great because a lot of people who came to that event, I feel like didn't really know what Canva was, which was super inspiring in a way that you can see that there are still people who don't know what Canva is and to be able to share the capabilities yeah absolutely i don't i think i mean correct me if i'm wrong i am not entirely sure but i don't think canva is as big as it is in the world in the uk so in the uk it's not i don't think it's as recognizable it's getting there obviously because canva is doing a lot of great work um, behind the scenes at promoting the platform and it's such a useful platform for creators for marketers for business owners so yeah, it's 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 getting there, but I would say definitely being being able to just interact with people and you know when people ask you questions, it gets you thinking as well because these are usually different types of questions to, to what you would get online. Very inspiring. Okay, what kind of question did you ask? Like, okay, so by the way, like commentary. I today I still I, I did a carousel, like mm -hmm. a bunch of carousels with Amazing. Canva, and I still use your SOP. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the, I think maybe the video that blew up, like how to make yeah. the carousel. Today I still use Pine tools. Mm -hmm. I still, you know, make the seven seven yeah. pages. 
Yeah. So guys, I will, actually, I'm going to link your video down in the show notes. So Amazing. people, if you don't know how to make the carousel so effectively, I'll just, yeah, I'll do that. Thank you. But anyway, so again, <laughs> online, they probably ask you like this, uh, like how to do this, like yes. how to make a carousel fast. But like, what did they ask in person? They were more niche specific, which I really liked. So I, I, I think people who tend to watch my videos are asking for something like tip specific, again, something a bit more technical, like how to do this, how to do that versus being able to talk to people in person, they open up to you about the context. And that's very important because this is what I deal with a lot with like social media strategy and content marketing strategy and marketing strategy in general, right? So, you know, being able to get that context is invaluable because you can have that more kind of targeted approach to them. So that was obviously, you know, hearing their experiences with their small businesses, that was incredible. And then the next, you know, I had, I got a question from a guy who asked me, listen, I actually love Canva. I know Canva. I know how useful it is. How do I actually, um, how do I encourage my boss to implement it in my company? How do I, you know, sell the value of Canva, but also then how do I actually sell him on social media marketing? So that was quite an interesting question because there were not only people from like, you know, from the perspective of a small business owner or content creator, which I normally get on my channel, but there were people working in companies actively trying to, you know, improve their processes, improve their workflows, get better tools for their teams. So that was quite a cool thing to, to see that side of things that I don't normally deal with online. Wow, that's actually very surprising to me too. And mm -hmm. I think because I am living in this very small bubble where mm -hmm. I assume that people know the same thing as me. I, I, know, yeah. I know it's like not a good way of thinking, but like <laughs> I always uh, encounter this stuff that, oh, I've been using all these digital things because this is my specialty. Like this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, with ChatGPT was the same thing. Like when I started ChatGPT, people had no idea what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And three, four months later, they're like, oh, my goodness, have you yeah. heard about this tool? And I'm like, yeah, I built a website with it already. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, but there are instances in the real world where like, yeah, how can I even convince my boss to use this thing? Because it's so cost effective and, and, and easy and fast. Right. And yeah, that's what most companies need. They need cost effectiveness that that that's good. Yeah. especially now in the kind of post-pandemic reality right and definitely you know that's that's but to this point also it's quite good because it tells us that we're in our niches and we're very much kind of in that space so we're not really realizing the fact that other people may not not know that this tool exists or that tool exists you know I talk about video editing as well with you know my friends and they're like what, what are you using? I have no idea, but I just assume that everyone knows what this is because it's this big thing, you know? So it's it's funny to to have those interactions sometimes. Whenever I uh, have these interactions, I always think of like better, bigger and more opportunities mm -hmm. because, well, if this person doesn't know, I can give more value to them. Yes, kind of. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the key because like we all try to optimize. We all try to have more effortless workflows, have systems that support what we do. And if we can just share and, you know, exchange those experiences, we can find those tools that are really, you know, great for us. And if you can help your audience like this, that's invaluable. And now that we, okay, we are moving from Canva and <laughs> yeah. obviously I really want to hear your content marketing uh, 
like lessons, like mm -hmm. basically what you teach on the internet for yeah. people who are new <laughs> to this. Uh, like, could you share with us some of the, I guess, big takeaways from content marketing and being a content marketer? What do people do wrong on social media, mm -hmm. things like that? Yeah. Yes, I think in general, not too many people focus on strategy and strategy is that foundation that everyone should be starting from. And of course, the word strategy can be like this big thing that seems so unattainable to people who are just starting in the content marketing world, but it doesn't really have to be. It just has a few components that you really need to focus on. So what I think like in terms of what people do wrong So people who sometimes come to me and they'll ask for like growth hacks, you know, how to get viral, how to get this like reels formula that's going to work every single time. I think this is the wrong approach because the right approach should be first and foremost, starting with consistency, because the majority of the people who come to me for these kinds of tips, they don't post consistently already. So it's, it's a bit of a disconnect between the two because oh. you should already be posting regularly right that should be kind of the first thing and I'm not saying like post every single day but you know I'll, I'll have someone ask me this I'll go to their profile and I'll see you know there's a post from you know like June and then the previous one was from March so that's the kind of the, the baseline <laughs> that you should be addressing first instead of looking for hacks and the other thing of course is that strategy part right so you cannot really first start with like growth hacks and things of that nature where you actually should be focusing on your audience right you should be focusing on your brand messaging what your brand stands for how you communicate that and who you communicate that for because we always need to think about that, our audience in everything we do and we also need to think about the different goals that we have for our content for general marketing approach and then for our business as well because the majority of the time if you are posting online you are in a way trying to monetize it in some way and therefore you'll have goals whether it's conversion straight away or whether it's you know trying to attract the right audience who down the line may be willing to buy from you once you have that offering it still all comes back to strategy you still have to start with the kind of the groundwork and this is what I feel like a lot of people get wrong they start with trying to grow fast you know find the again the reels formula find the right way to create a carousel but they don't get those things right they don't know who they speak to and I think this is the most important part and something that everyone needs to start with yeah thank you for sharing this because yeah I think I'm also guilty of that sometimes you know like I'm thinking what is the best way to optimize mm -hmm. other than like you know zoom out and think of the big picture mm -hmm. and uh, in your explanation I think you touched on well long-term strategy consistency yeah consistency is everything mm -hmm. and key absolutely I always joke like you know consistency is key so I consistently get like 10 views yeah <laughs> Listen, that's that's how and you start, right? Everyone started there. So it's important to start there. And I feel like at that stage, very often people obsess about the fact that it's just 10 views or, you know, no one's commenting, no one's DMing. But how else do you get there? How else do you get your content better? You know, everyone who started started from this point at certain, you know, stage of their growth. 
it's it's inevitable so it's just a bit of a waiting game in a way because social media is a marathon I feel like it's such a cliche in our world to say that but it is it definitely is a long game and you need to be prepared for it and I feel like a lot of people would like that instant kind of you know bigger thing but it's not about that it's more about you know having fun in the process experimenting along the way and learning how to make your content better and then over time honing on that kind of messaging and making sure that you're getting to know your audience better every step of the way throughout. So that's the most important thing. And it's not going to happen magically overnight. You need to be able to give it that time and focus on the other things like the content creation, like the consistency. Definitely. And okay, but like for brands who are very, very new, right? Like for example, mm -hmm. the aspiring CMO kind of mm -hmm. started quite a few months, just like two months ago. And I, I'm still having a hard time like understanding what my audience says or think because my following is low. So, and I'm pretty sure like I'm not the only one who think like, well, ask your audience what they want, but I don't have an audience to ask. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then that, that thing. Yeah, of course. And it's gonna, it's gonna happen like this. So you, you, you have a few different uh, things that you can potentially do. The first thing is obviously looking at the competitors. I don't like the word competitor in general because I feel like we can all kind of thrive in our communities, but obviously it is a thing. So you need to look at other creators in your niche, see what people are asking in the comments, see what kind of content works for them. And this is a part of that research. So you won't be able to tap into your existing audience, but you can look at other audiences that people have. They're very similar to what you potentially think maybe your audience and then try to get those insights from there. And obviously you won't have access to things like analytics, which is obviously the, tech, the technical part, which once you build your audience, you'll get more of that data, um, but you will be able to access that from kind of the, the, the stuff that other people are doing. And I think it's quite important and a lot of people forget about this. So I still think obviously learning about your audience. If you have a client, even one client or someone who you're serving for free, it's still absolutely fine to sit down with them and talk about these things, but that happens down the line beforehand. You can do the research, you know, whether it's on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Pinterest, we have so many of those uh, platforms that can help us identify who these audiences are and what these audiences are interested in, what they're actively searching for, what other niches they're looking at, because that's quite interesting sometimes as well to not just look at the specific niche, but look at the other kind of adjacent niches as well. Very important at the very beginning. And I feel like if more people spend more time doing this and researching in that way, doing a little bit of that market research for themselves and competitor research, then they would be able to get better results versus trying to always chase that next tip, that next hack, that next formula. Thank you so much for sharing this because you didn't kind of tell me or you don't encourage people to copy other people, yeah. which I, I like that because I'm not... I don't like the copying game. So my ne next question here is that uh, throughout, you know, this interview, you mentioned that it's so important for businesses to understand their marketing strategy and how growth hacking is not the first way to go. But don't you think that growth hacking is kind of part of the marketing strategy at one point? I would say growth strategy. 
So I would like to almost differentiate between like looking for hacks, even though growth hacking is a thing, but I would like to differentiate that from like strategic thinking about growth. So growth strategy, because you can have that in place and you definitely should have to have that because when you're just starting out, you need to grow from zero, from scratch to whatever number you're going and get, you know, more acquisition get more more kind of exposure and more reach you know reach those those people that you want to reach so that's definitely important but i feel like there's a bit of a different approach to what some people are sometimes looking for versus what the kind of almost the right path the right approach this whole thing is so on the one side again you've got those kind of hacks like how to you know grow quickly in a way that people will try to you know follow and follow like techniques like this which are not really useful or working they're not really working for what you're trying to do versus the growth strategy which then you know for a platform like instagram for example you could be actively looking for collaborations with other creators to get your content in front of more eyes so for example you could do something like a live with another creator from the same niche kind of with a similar or slightly larger amount of people who follow them. And then from there, you could do like live rooms and things like this to, you know, obviously tap into those two audiences. So that's an actual tactic that you can use within that growth strategy. For example, you can create reels because reels are on Instagram more about the discoverability. You can potentially land on, you know, the reels feed and then you can get suggested and things like that. So this is this is kind of the, the the line of thinking that you should be focused on versus like, okay, what kind of a real formula works right now? Or, I'll, you know, obviously I'm going to go and copy someone else's con- content. This is what like a lot of people think of like growth hacks, but it's actually the strategy behind growing that's much more important. So do you see the difference be- between the two? Yeah. It's not like a little patch right? It's not like something that you're just trying to quickly grab, like trying again to chase that virality. It's not about that. It's about actively doing things that will get your content in front of new people. So again, collaborations are really great for this, you know, going live kind of with other people, which is a part of like collaborating, creating very specific reels, things like this, trying to get on the explore page. So trying to optimize your content to work for the explore page a little bit more focusing on your hooks, you know, things like this are much more important than again, those quick growth hacks that are not necessarily what this whole thing is all about. Yeah. I love that. I honestly love this answer so much because you give specific like examples what these Mm -hmm. hacks actually mean. And I understand that you want to like focus more on like building, helping people building a strategy. And now that you can I give us examples of hacks? Could you give us more examples of like thinking of a strategy? So like help the audience kind of understand where they should be focusing on? Yeah, 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 exactly. So this is always what you need to start with. So almost like this kind of brand strategy part of things. So you need to know your assess, first of all, where you are, because some people may not be starting exactly from scratch. They may be starting from, you know, something like 
you know, 5,000 subscribers on YouTube or, you know, a thousand or 5,000, sorry, followers on Instagram. So you could be starting from a specific point. You could have had some interaction with your audience. So first assessing where you are now in general. So trying to figure out how your acquisition is going. So how many people are flowing into those channels that you want them to flow into? Are you addressing, are you targeting the right people? Because you may have, there may be a bit of a mismatch between what you want to kind of, who you want to attract versus who's actually coming to you for those tips and, you know, whatever you're sharing. And then um, obviously look at your brand in itself. Look at the strengths that are there. So for example, if you're creating a personal brand, something that you are obviously creating. So, you know, what are your strengths? What is, is, you know, are you great? Are you feeling good on video? Is that something that you should go into a bit more? Or are you great with like creating graphics? Maybe this is what this should be your basis. And in which case, which platforms should you really focus on? to make those strengths really kind of appear clearly. And then you've got the weaknesses, kind of the, the different opportunities that you can find. So this is the kind of the very basis, almost like an audit of your own presence, of your own marketing, of your own business. That's always kind of the three different layers that are growing from it. Then focus on the audience and the messaging. So you need to, again, figure out who this audience is, who are the people who may potentially be first vibing with who you are, as a brand and also potentially buying from you and why would they buy from you? So these things are very important to figure out at the very beginning. And then um, you also have your kind of mission, your value that all ties into your messaging because you want to have the reason why you're actually doing it. Because if you're just here to chase clout, that's very likely to get boring for you after a time. And this is something they see time and time and again, that people are trying to just chase the following and they jump through different niches, for example. You know, I have people in oh, my DMs on Instagram who, you know, will be like, oh, I really love this carousel, you know, about how to rank better on Instagram. Thank you for sharing it. You know, I've just changed a niche and I see that they've just changed the niche for the third time because they're not really looking to build like a business or an actual kind of creator space. They're looking to chase that following which cannot really be a goal in and of itself because why would you have that big following you want to either build those you know those relationships with your audience to then you know facilitate whatever else you have on your plate if that makes sense so and it's fine to not want to have yes. to not have it figured out at the very beginning but down the line this is like it should be a different goal that to, than to just chase the following in about in and of itself so you need to have those goals so you know whether it's again attracting the right audience maybe selling something that you want to sell down the line or you know maybe getting more engagement to nurture your audience a little bit more you need to figure out those goals then based on that you need to pick your um, metrics because if you have goals, you need to have a way to measure them. So you need to know exactly what you're measuring. So for example, if you want more engagement, I don't think looking at your likes or even views is necessarily something that you should be looking at. You should be looking at how many DMs you're getting, how many people reach out to you, how many people are you know, actively saving your content, sharing your content, how many people are commenting. So these KPIs at the level of strategy, you need to kind of hone in on you need to figure out which ones are there to support those goals. And then from there, you figure out your content. So what are your content pillars? What is your niche? What are you talking about? Which points are you going to 
consistently make in your content that will again support those goals and serve your community so it's always that two kind of two-way street in a way you always try to deliver for your audience but also always thinking about the goals that you have within your business and then from there create a system create a calendar that's going to help you in that consistency help you um you know create yeah. and it doesn't have to be like I'm posting seven times a week straight away. It doesn't have to be that. Start with something lower, like one to three posts. That's not going to mean that you're going to grow as quickly as someone who's posting seven days a week. But the most important part is manageability within that strategy. Because if you don't have that, again, it's going to be very easy to fall off that schedule and to not be able to follow through and have that consistency that we're looking at initially. Because that's how you also experiment and that's how you figure out what type of content serves your specific audience the best. So that's kind of in the nutshell how you would think about the strategy. And of course, from there, you need you have those components like the again, the growth strategy for for those specific tactics, like again, on Instagram, creating reels, creating um you know, collaborating with other creators on YouTube, this could be something like, uh, you know, increasing your searchability. So including specific keywords, things of that nature are very important at that stage, but that's kind of coming to play um, when you're actually planning your content. Yeah. Awesome. I love how your nutshell was so detailed. Like, you know, most people would just like give out like a few tips, yeah. but like you really gave this like go here like coherent, like like very elaborative <laughs> answer. And I really hope like the audience takes notes because that's basically like a like a marketing webinar over here, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's one thing that I definitely yeah. cannot do. And that was one of the parts um initially my to share my thought process i know i'm not the kind of person to just like share a tip and then go i always go in depth i always like i say in a nutshell it's this and then i'll explain the whole process and i knew that's why youtube is the right platform for me so this is what i started with and i yes. only focused on youtube despite my experience in you know facebook marketing or or instagram for example I knew this is what works for me. I knew I will still find my people on YouTube and therefore I chose that platform. So just to share like a thought process behind and how I started and, and how these things work. So if you're that kind of a person, like more in depth, definitely longer form content is for you. And if you're sharing something, if you're more like spontaneous, share something more impromptu, maybe TikTok is the right way to go. So yeah, there's always layers and layers behind everything. So you just need to have the time to analyze it. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I started the YouTube channel too, because like I also feel that there is a, like a lot more growth potential in YouTube and long-form content. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think social media is a great like experimenting platform where like, okay, this is work. And uh, social media is kind of like a, you have to do it for a long time, but at the same time, change happens a lot faster on social media because the content is so much Absolutely. easier to digest. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I almost view social media as a, I don't know, something medium. Like it's not, it's not too mm -hmm. long form, but it's also not like a TikTok where like you could get thousands of views in a day. So it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But that's, that's what I think, again, I, I, I get that vibe from you, definitely that you, you've chosen the right platform. And it's quite crucial. And it's fine to just like jump 
on different platforms and experiment initially just to figure it out because sometimes with just that kind of strategy process you won't be able to find your kind of sweet spot of those different platforms but this is you know again case in point right another example of you knowing where your strengths lie you knowing what you're attracted to and therefore being on that platform and clearly you've been you've been going you kept up so that's the most important part right this is what where where this whole thing plays out really nicely well done by the way thank you thank you so much i'm on video five so i'm i'm like you know all in and oh my goodness but i did it did it yeah Yeah. Uh, my yeah. last question on this show is uh, not marketing but like I really care for, you know, self- personal development and like to learn from overall big picture from others. And my question is always that now that we reflected on your experience over the past few years, what are your what is your number one advice for people in their 20s? Hmm. Yeah, and I wish I. I'll preface this by saying I wish I heard that from myself, but obviously that's not how life works. So uh, start, start now, start right now, imperfectly right now, experiment. There will be people who will try to limit you because they have their own limits. So they'll try to impose those limits on you, but it's absolutely fine to try and to experiment. And if down the line, you know, month two, month three, you realize, "Mm, that's not really for me it's fine to just decide okay this doesn't work i'm moving on i'm experimenting because i feel like those years are so formative and this is where we discover ourselves and a lot of us are trying to fit into this like highly specialized world which again don't get me wrong it's absolutely great to be specialized in something but at the same time i feel like your especially your early 20s are not there to get specialized it's amazing if you know if you've figured it out if you've found your you know your your path but if you haven't it's absolutely fine and this is how you discover it cuz don't try to you know box yourself in try to experiment and try actively and even if you fail and fail again I feel like that's crucial experience that you're going to be able to use down the line at some point. So that would probably be my, my advice. And again, I wish, I wish I have, I had someone to, 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 to listen to and to, you know, to just reassure me in a way that it's going to be fine, even if I just keep trying and it doesn't work. I love that. Thank you, Natalia. Thank you so much for joining the show. Like, I'm super, super grateful that you joined. And if people would like to reach out to you, how can they find you? So my main platform is um, YouTube. So you can find me with my name, Natalia Kalinska. I hope it's going to be either somewhere on the screen or down at the bottom. I know some people struggle with my name because I'm Polish, but I hope it's it's easy enough to type it in. Uh, so YouTube and you can find me on Instagram as my secondary platform. So that's Natalia Kalinska as well. Um, I also have an email newsletter that you can join and all the fun stuff gets, you know, gets done in there behind the scenes. You get, you know, more kind of exclusive tips that I like, love to share to my audience in there. So, and thank you so much, Annie, for having me on this podcast. I had a blast. You're again, an amazing person and someone that I've definitely been inspired by because the fact that you, again, you've started, you're doing this thing and you're reaching out to people and you're having those conversations. I feel like it's so important and you're not stopping yourself. So keep up the good work. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
All right. Thank 